herzlich willkommen. Selamat datang. Dabro Barjalowitz. Willkommen. Hello, and welcome to Night Tales. I'm your host, Anonymous, and I'll be reading you classic stories that have been written and passed down through the ages. I'll be reading them in a very calm and soothing manner, so you may want to grab a blanket, maybe get under the covers, brew some tea, light a candle, whatever makes you feel warm and cozy. This could be a great thing to fall asleep to if you're like myself and you struggle falling asleep in the silence. And without further ado, this is Night Tales. segment, and this is based on the book Pillow Thoughts by Courtney Peppernell. I have been a little off balance since the day I met you. This is because I had never known what it is like to be perfectly aligned. I think that if you let me, I'd treat you like the sky. I'd join up all your insecurities, bundle away all your flaws into a new constellation and search for it endlessly. I know you don't see yourself the way I see you, and you still argue when I call you beautiful, but all the things you can't stand about yourself are all the things I can't go a day without. I think if you let me, I'd build an observatory just to show you that all the stars in the universe will never shine as brightly as you. And now, a continuation of Romeo and or Juliet. To your left is a young blonde-haired guy. And listen, I'm going to cheat and tell you stuff so you can get to know these guys faster. This dude's name is Yolo Bruski, and his interests include sports, playing sports, and yelling sports advice at other people playing sports. <sighs> Fun fact, I don't know a lot about sports, so try to imagine I describe Yolo's interests in a way that sounds really cool and informed. To your right is another young guy, only he's got brown hair, and his name is Jacques. But instead of saying it like that, he pronounces it Jake Wees. Jake Wees here is a melancholy guy whose interests eh, include not having fun, interrupting jokes to say, you know what's really funny? How all our bodies will inevitably betray us as we age and reading fun books about why sadness is cool. Fun fact, I don't know a lot about melancholia either because as an author, my life is totally fun 100% of the time and never sad. So what do you want to do? Who do you want to talk to? 
So what's your deal, you ask, Jake Wheeze? He looks at you, all sad eyes and stubble, and holds up one hand in front of him. All the world's a stage, he says. And all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances. And one man, in his time, plays many parts. His acts being seven ages. At first, the infant, he begins. And at this point, you interrupt him. Hey, I'm Juliet, you say, holding out your hand, hoping to direct the conversation elsewhere. My interests include muscles. Jake barely pauses as you speak and ignores your outstretched hand. (sighs) At first, the infant, he repeats, mewling and puking in the nurse's arms. I'm sexually attracted to men, you say, still holding your hand out, but this time Jake talks right over you. And then the whining schoolboy, he says, with his satchel and shining morning face, creeping like snail unwillingly to school. And then the lover, sighing like a furnace with a woeful ballad made to his mistress' eyebrow. Then a soldier full of strange oaths and bearded like the pard, jealous in honor. Sudden and quick in quarrel, seeking the bubble reputation even in the cannon's mouth. At this point, Jake pauses for a breath. And then, you ask, despite yourself, still holding your hand out for that handshake. And then the justice, he says, in fair round belly with good cap and lined, with eyes severe and beard of formal cut, full of wise saws and modern instances, so he plays his part. The sixth age shifts into the lean and slippered pantaloon, with spectacles on nose and pouch on side, his youthful hose well saved, a world too wide for his shrunk shank, and his big manly voice turning again toward childish treble pipes and whistles in his sound. Last scene of all, that ends this strange eventful history, is second childishness and mere oblivion, sans teeth, sans eyes, sans taste, sans everything. I understood some of those words, you say, as you shake your own hand and turn back to your drink. Now Yolo Bruski and his friend are approaching you. You could talk to Yolo, or you could ignore them both. Eh, ignore the dudes, drink alone. Maybe coming to the Romeo district was a bad idea. ignore the dudes. They ask how you're doing, and then they ask if you know what their shirts are made of, and then they tell you what they're made of. Boyfriend material. And then they ask you if your daddy is a baker because you've got some hot buns, and then they go away. When you're done with your drink, you order another. And at the end of your fifth, you decided, hey, why are you the one running away from home? Your parents are the ones who are freaky, marriage-happy weirdos. You should be the one kicking them out, right? 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 So you slam down your money, 
to pay for those beers. You're about to leave when you think, hey, whoa, maybe I should actually drink some water before running home super drunk. Do you? Hmm. Well, actually, the water in this time period isn't always the cleanest, and it's usually drawn from the same sources we put our sewage in. In contrast, the water used in beer has been boiled, and the alcohol in it can kill the bacteria, so yeah, I, I think the beer's fine. You say, no water for me, bartender, as you leave, which wasn't necessary at all, and then you jog back to the castle. You've never jogged buzzed before. It's thirsty work. When you get there, that party your parents were having is in full swing. You're drunk enough not to care, which is great. In fact, you're precisely drunk enough to kick everybody out or puke on yourself and go to bed. You push open the double doors to the party room. The instant you do, the music comes to a screeching stop mid-note, and everyone turns to look at you. This is your moment. Great party you've got here, you say. It'd be a shame if anyone happened to get beat up during it. Who are you to make threats, somebody nearby says, a young man wearing a ridiculous unicorn mask with a rainbow mane. <sighs> you glance at him. You're too mad right now to be fully aware of how rockin' his bod is, if indeed his bod be rockin'. But even through your anger, you can tell he's at least pretty good. A solid 7 out of 10. You punch him right in the eye. I want everyone to know the man says, that this woman outpunches other women like a boxer in the middle of a ring of babies. Then he goes down hard. You feel a little bad about it, but then you realize he's probably just like those guys in the Romeo district. If you hadn't punched him just now, he'd probably have tried some dumb line on you like, girl, are you an orphanage because I want to have your kids? Or, girl, are you a corn plant because I'm stalking you? Or, girl, are you hearing my soul speak because the very instant I saw you did my heart fly to your service? You look around the room. You guys want to leave or should I keep punching? You shout. You swing your arms like windmills and advance on the party. She's drunk, someone shouts. She's awesome, the man you punched whispers. You kick him as you walk by. The party clears out pretty quickly, the party goers moving around you to the door like water around a rock. Pretty soon, your parents are the only ones who remain. You too, you say. No, Juliet, sweetie, go to bed, your mother says. I command it. Ooh, Juliet, go to bed, you say in high-pitched mockery advancing toward them, your arms still spinning. Ooh, Juliet, don't leave the house ever. Ooh, Juliet, be best friends with your childhood nurse because we don't want you to know anyone else. Ooh, Juliet, definitely marry this random stranger on a moment's notice. Your parents take a step backwards for every step you take forward. Well, I'm not doing it, okay? You say. I'm done. 
done with this house, done with your rules, done with you both and your stupid marriage ideas. I'm done, okay? Done. Your parents are still moving backwards as you move forward, now adjusting their paths so they can back out the door. You push them outside. And on second thought, I'm not done with the house, you say. I'm gonna keep it. You close the door in their faces. You guys can live in the gardening shed, you shout through the door. It's like a three-bedroom gardening shed with a finished basement. You'll be fine. You hear the noise of their shuffling off, and you quickly make a lap of the house, locking all the other doors and ground-level windows. Then you go to bed. You wake up the next morning feeling great. You get out of bed, have a quick bath, get dressed. When you leave your bedroom, you notice a lot of servants are there, wondering why all the doors are locked shut. Oh, right, you say, remembering last night. Right, sorry, I'm the boss now, everybody. You can all come and go as you please, but nobody gets in without my permission, and that includes my parents. They live in the gardening shed now, you say. You eventually do let your parents in for visits, and things are cordial. They're happy with their simpler retirement living in the shed. You're happy that they don't tell you what to do anymore. And your servants are happy to work for someone who doesn't regularly throw parties that a large percentage of the entire town is invited to. It's surprising how happy everyone is with this new arrangement. Several years later, you run into that dude you punched at the party. Turns out his name is literally Romeo. Hilarious. But despite that, he's one of the more charming people you've met. You date for several months and both your parents are against it, but who cares? Everything's going great until someone new catches his eye and he dumps you overnight. Glad you didn't rush into that one, huh? After him, you have a series of really satisfying flings with some really satisfying people. And then one day you meet Cesario. He's not like any of the men you've met before, and while he's definitely not the kind of person you thought you'd find yourself falling for, life is for the exploring, right? And that's what the two of you do together, happily ever after.